you know, a nice guy, according to Dr. Robert Glover, who is a pioneering expert on this nice guy syndrome, is a man who believes he's not okay just as he is. Boy, does that ever resonate for me. And he is convinced that he must become what he thinks others want him to be so that he can be liked, loved, and get his needs met. He also believes that he must hide anything about himself that might trigger a negative response in others. So we walk around believing that if we do everything right, we then we will have a smooth, problem-free life. Well, it may be problem-free, but at what cost? If you want to say something, then say it. If you want to do something, then do it. Don't be afraid what others will think of you, and don't let this fear hold you back from simply being who you are. I have the consciousness know to ask myself, is this really what I want from this relationship at this moment? You know, that gives me just enough time to make a better choice, and I suggest it's going to do the same thing for you. Do you say yes when you really want to say no? And are you fearful of revealing parts of yourself that might cause a negative reaction? You know, for more than 25 years, I've been on a mission to dig deep and uncover who I am as a man. And through my journey, I found a few things about myself that I didn't particularly like and things that I did like. And while I've read thousands of pages and spent thousands of dollars at numerous workshops and even becoming accredited in a few things, nothing really was changing until I almost lost everything for a second time. So what changed, you ask? Well, I started to take responsibility for three things. First, where I am in life. Second, for who I am, warts and all. And third, for what I aspire to become. And from that point on, my mission turned into mentoring other men to do what I did and to do that with me along with the journey, because the journey is so much more pleasurable when you bring others along, isn't it? And so today we're going to spend some time talking about how we're going to kill this one part that exists in every man, and that is being the nice guy. Now, before we get into all that, just want to remind you to hit like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform so you can stay updated on the latest content while helping me grow the Awakened Man message. And for that, I just want to say I'm truly grateful. Let's get on with today's episode. The average man today is sleepwalking through life. Many never reaching their true potential, let alone ever crossing the finish line to living a purposeful life. Yet, the hunger still exists, albeit buried amidst his cluttered mind, misguided beliefs, and values that no longer serve him. It's time to align yourself for greatness. It's time to become a revolutionary man. Stay strong, my brother. Well, welcome everyone to the Revolutionary Man Podcast. I'm the founder of The Awakened Man and your host, Alan DeMonso. You know, let's start off by explaining what this nice guy is all about. You know, a nice guy, according to Dr. Robert Glover, who is a pioneering expert on this nice guy syndrome, is a man who believes he's not okay just as he is. Boy, does that ever resonate for me. And he is convinced that he must become what he thinks others want him to be so that he can be liked, loved, and get his needs met. He also believes that he must hide anything about himself that might trigger a negative response in others. Whoa, does that ever sound familiar? And I know for me, it's all of that sure did. You know, the nice guy syndrome typically begins in infancy and childhood when we we're young boys, when we are in, inaccurately internalizing emotional messages about who we are and the world. And it's fueled by this toxic shame and anxiety from the rapid social change that has happened here in the latest late 20th century and early into our 21st century here. And it's contributed to a worldwide explosion of men struggling to find happiness, love, and purpose. Now, why is that? 
It's because we're measured against a few, and I mean a very few men who display toxic masculine behaviors and that have prompted the Me Too movement and the feminization of masculinity just to pick two things. So here's the thing. We have been taught that to be liked and loved, we needed to hide aspects of ourselves. And so what happens is we turned into people pleasers. And I've got a great podcast on that just in the coming future, in the, in the near future, I should say. So we walk around believing that if we do everything right, we, then we will have a smooth, problem-free life. Well, it may be problem-free, but at what cost? The cost is we lose our purpose, our identity, and our connection. Think about that. Let me say that again. When we turn into people pleasers, we lose our purpose in life. We lose our, lose our identity of who we are, and we lose connection with others, and worse yet, with ourselves. See, it's this inauthentic and chameleon-like approach to life that causes nice guys to often feel frustrated, confused, and resentful. Subsequently, we're anything but nice guys. Isn't that true? And according to Dr. Glover, here are some common nice guy patterns. And I'm telling you, when I was reading his book, No, no More Mr. Nice Guy, so many of these just hit me, <clears throat> hit me right in the head. First one is giving to get. Yeah, think about that, right? There's some strings attached. Maybe we have difficulty setting boundaries. We're dishonest. We fall into caretaking and fixing things. We can even become very codependent in our relationship. People pleasing, as I've mentioned already, conflict avoidance, right? We don't want to be showing anybody that we can stand up for ourselves because that might cause some conflict. So we'll stop from that. And instead, what we'll do is that we'll become passive aggressive in our dealings with people. We, we will keep and sustain unsatisfying relationships. And we'll have issues with sexuality. And we'll have compulsive, we may even fall into compulsive masturbation and pornography use. You know, do any of those sound familiar to you? Like I said, for me, too many of those things sounded very familiar. You see, it's the toxic shame that resides inside of men with this nice guy syndrome that is really killing us. And it's time for us to snuff that out so we can live fully and alive as men. And when I started to do this work with the help of Dr. Glover's book, I was able to face my fears, to learn to connect with other men and embrace passion and purpose like never before. Now, listen, I got a long way to go. And by no means am I saying that I've got things figured out because I don't. What I am saying is that there is a pathway out of the nice guy that allows us to be authentic in our relationships while giving space for others to do the same. So let's spend some time on some of the things that we can do as men to kill this nice guy syndrome. But first, I really want us to clear up what I'm meaning by killing the nice guy, because maybe we're thinking that that's not such a great idea. You know, contrary to what might seem, what that might seem to imply, it's not about it's it's not about how not to be nice. That's not it at all. And really, on Dr. Glover's book, he shows men how to become what he calls integrated males. And becoming integrated does not mean becoming different or better. It means being able to accept all aspects of ourselves. An integrated male can embrace everything that makes him unique. Right? We can embrace our power, our assertiveness our humor, our courage, our mission, as well as our fears, our imperfections, even our mistakes and our rough edges, and especially that dark side. Now, all of that sounds pretty good to me. I don't know about you guys. So let's begin with under, uncovering 11 different ways that we can kill this nice guy syndrome within us 
so we can live more authentically as men. The first one is we first need to reclaim our personal power and our masculinity. See, if you have the nice guy syndrome, it's usually because you were forced to give up some sort of your personal power as a result of some childhood circumstances. So how do you know if you're suffering from this nice guy syndrome? Well, we get used to making sacrifices as an adult, that we've locked ourselves into a career, or maybe a relationship that, that fulfills that expectation for us. See, and while at the same time we're leading, it leads us to feel that we're frustrated, helpless, and then we become very resentful. See, we feel more out of control when we approach life with coping techniques that we've developed as child, as children. And I really like how what Dr. Glover says in a quote in his book, he says, nice guys are wimps. This may not sound like a nice guy, a nice thing to say, but it's so true. Nice guys tend to be wimpy victims because of their life paradigm and a childhood survival mechanisms require them to sacrifice their personal power. Okay, so we've sacrificed our personal power. What can we do to reclaim it? See, reclaiming personal power means we believe we can deal with unpleasant situations, that we can recognize we are human and that we will experience fear from time to time, but we will also believe in our ability to overcome obstacles on our own. And ultimately, this means that being honest with ourselves about our needs, weaknesses, and desires is an important part of reclaiming our personal power. And a great way to do that is to become comfortable in sharing our feelings and our opinions. It's fine if expressing these leads to some people leave you, and that's probably going to happen because we've trained them that we're not that type of person. But truly, those that do care about you will value your feelings and even and thoughts, and even if they totally disagree with us. See, we need to be able to accept that you can't influence or manage how others feel about us, and that you may experience some rejection and criticism along the way. And that's okay, because reclaiming our masculinity goes hand in hand, hand in hand with reclaiming our personal power or power. And to various men, being a man means different things, and it's our responsibility to figure out exactly what that's going to mean for you as for as well as for our others. So embracing our masculinity entails us to form strong bonds with other men, seeking a mentor, particularly if you don't have a father. And there's no reason to feel bad about engaging in hobbies or and connections that bring you joy. And I think that's part of the challenge with us, right? We just give away so much of our lives. And so here's a few ways that we can do, a few things that we can do to express our personal power. We can begin by surrendering, surrendering to all the things that we've been giving up, dwelling in our own, dwelling in reality. You know, instead of trying to think of an old story or replaying that old story in our mind, let's deal with what's truly happening right in front of us. Again, I had just said, expressing our feelings and facing our fears. And when we do these things, this all leads to helping to really develop our integrity. We're going to say, we're going to stand up for what we truly believe in. Then we're going to develop some strong integrity. And of course, setting up some boundaries. And we'll get into that one in a little bit. So here's number two. We need to have higher standards and not accept secondhand behavior. See, when we devalue ourselves, what we're doing is allowing somebody else to take advantage of us. Both men and women take advantage of guys who try to be amiable and all the time. So what do you want to do to stop this from happening? The answer is going to be to have higher standards for how people treat us, treat you. So for example, for example, imagine you're with a group of friends. One of these friends makes a joke about, a joke about you and just everyone starts laughing. 
you know, the banters and banter is a natural part of male friendship groups, right? And it's normal. But consider if your friend keep, keeps making the making these jokes about you every time you saw you see each other. In this case, these jokes have gone from being lighthearted and fun to outright disrespectful. And at this time, it's time for us to say something about it. So to stop, so stop being too nice. You have to set a higher standard for yourself and for others. If the girl you like is always playing hard to get, you need to know your limit. If she persistently falls below your high standards, you need to cut her off immediately. Applying standards like these in all aspects of your life will help you move away from being the nice guy. Never tolerate a behavior that crosses the line or disrespects you. Number three, start speaking with conviction. You know, one of the fastest ways to tell if a man is too nice is to pay close attention to how he says something. You know, a man who's too nice tends to speak with little conviction or with no personality. He's what he's really doing is he's talking safely. See, this way he doesn't put himself out there, all the while protecting himself under the guise to avoid hurting other people's feelings or inciting any conflicts. We said those were two really big indications of being the nice guy, right? And instead, he will say what you want to hear instead of what he really believes. And speaking with conviction is a powerful way of us demonstrating to others, other people that you know what you want. It also shows that, you, that you're confident in what you say. And so when someone asks you to make, ask you something, make sure that you show it that with words of conviction and with emotion. It'll be easier for people on the other end of the conversation to listen and understand your, your viewpoint. So if you want to speak with conviction, here are a few ways that you can do that, that you can, that you can do that in order to maintain some control in, in how you're delivering it. You want to keep your voice at an even volume. Keep it at a steady pace. Avoid shouting. That's one of the things I need to tend to work with because I tend to be quite boisterous. And don't talk over people. It's another real challenging one for, for us as we learn to, to start to become more assertive in how we express our conviction. Number four, you got to stop agreeing so much. Agreeing with someone is an easy thing to do, isn't it? And we all do it subconsciously. But every so often, it isn't the most helpful thing for us and our well-being. You know, there are studies that show that people who perceive those who always agree with others as being less intelligent and less con confident. Think about that. Why not? Because you never have an opinion. You're always agreeing. So think about it. How often are you agreeing with someone only to think of it to yourself that that is not what you truly believe? I know I've done that in the past. To get out of this habit, simply practice disagreeing with other people on purpose. You can start that by, by disagreeing with people about little things. It doesn't have to be a big thing. For example, if you enjoyed a movie and your friend didn't, you should challenge them and try to understand why they think it was so, dis it was so disappointing. Ask them what points they were disappointed by and come up with some counter arguments to, to the points that you disagree with. It's only a movie, like really in the end, it shouldn't be destroying a relationship. It's a good way to practice in order to take on those bigger things in life that you really want to stand up for. Number five, tracking your good deeds is only going to lead to resentment and anger. You know, tracking your good deeds is one of the biggest mistakes we can make and is one of mine for sure. And this can be one of those most significant sources of our frustrations for nice guys. This is a game of no win, right? No one's going to win. No one's going to win in this one. See, I used to keep track of everything I was doing in my marriage. 
The challenge was I was getting frustrated because in the end, I expected to get something in return. And here's the thing. My giving was not a place from, of coming from a place of love and appreciation. Nope, not at all. Instead, it was coming from a place of selfishness. Detracting good deeds can cause many problems for nice men. And anger and resentment are common emotions associated with giving good deeds without people reciprocating. See, the feeling of being indebted is not really a healthy feeling, is it? And it only leads to more negative emotions. See, Dr. Glover does not recommend that you avoid good deeds. He says that instead, do a good deed and then just move on. Don't attach anything to it. So you can enjoy a good deed at the moment, but you should not look back and use it as evidence of how indebted you are or that other person should be. Number six, don't hold back. You see, nice guys hold back despite their urge to say something. This is because nice guys find conflict and people not liking them as being scary. It also exposes who they are, who they are to people. So by filtering their thoughts and keeping quiet, when they say, when they want to say something, they can remain anonymous. And it's one of the challenges I always have. And I talk a lot about, you know, these five levels of, of uh, intimacy. And it's really talking about how we step into ourselves and being able to express thoughts and feelings and our beliefs. And so here's a kicker. By doing this, and when we actually do say something, or when we don't say anything, what we're really doing is that people never really truly get to know who we are as people. And remember, I talked about how we how we were lacking some connection. This is one of the reasons why. You know, a man who doesn't hold back as much as is much more a man than one who is afraid to rock the boat. Fewer people might not might like the man who doesn't hold back, but they will like him for whom he really is. So if you want to say something, then say it. If you want to do something, then do it. Don't be afraid what others will think of you and don't let this fear hold you back from simply being who you are. Number seven, stop fearing confrontation. You know, for most of my marriage, I allowed my wife to walk all over me. It would show up by allowing her to verbally control and dominate me because I was scared of confrontation. It took almost losing my marriage for me to wake up and stand up for myself before things turned around. Now imagine a bully in a school who picks on a smaller child because he's skinny and he's weak. What if one day that kid finally stands up to him and he fights back? Then the bully in school constantly searches for the easiest target, doesn't he? And the skinny kid in school is weaker and will likely be that one who's going to get targeted. But being courageous enough to stand up to the bully will put them off. And it's this courage that makes this child a slightly more challenging target. And the bully will move on to another nice guy. So once you start embracing confrontation, you will realize it's not that scary at all. Even if it's something as simple as not agreeing with other people's opinions, you're confronting your fear. And embracing confrontation will make you feel more like a man than ever. Each time you engage in confrontation, you will build your confidence in who you are. Not to mention, you're making yourself a more attractive man overall. Number eight, make your needs a priority. See, when we realize that not only are, is it our responsibility for, our need, for our need, meeting our needs, we need to stop blaming others and start acting. So be assertive about your needs and get rid of any hidden agendas. Never be a wimp and never act like a victim. It helps you if you are thankful for difficult situations. These are the circumstances of the ones that present a chance for us to grow as a person and learn for future circumstances. 
So express our feelings, face our fears, set boundaries, and develop integrity. Don't try to control the uncontrollable things. We can only manage ourselves. Some circumstances will be too challenging or time-consuming for us to control. So you must be willing to walk away from those instances and people. So don't try to make an unhealthy relationship work. End it and find somebody who will be more suitable for you. Number nine, the importance of setting boundaries. You know, the common theme throughout that book and throughout life is really about setting boundaries. And if you are our recovering nice guy, then this might be the most critical factor for you. You see, because boundaries are particularly relevant when considering your relationships with women. I used to believe that if I was overly tolerant and accepting of everything my wife does, it is a benefit to our relationship. And as a nice guy, I found the hard way, I found the hard way that that wasn't true. So you need to set boundaries to strengthen your relationships. There's a need for you and your partner that can strengthen relationship on both sides of the equation. Because boundaries equal respect. And women desire a partner who sets boundaries. So incorporating boundaries into your life will create personal respect and improve your chances of developing a healthy romantic relationship. Number 10, choose a partner who doesn't need considerable support. You know, in this book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, Dr. Glover provides so many tips on romantic relationships. And in the tips, they covers the categories of sexuality and women. But for now, he recommends for us to focus on the relationship and not the partner. So you need to ask yourself a couple of questions. How does the relationship meet my needs? And is this relationship healthy? See, we can learn from our struggles as we encounter things together, right? That needs work and it needs time. So we can use boundaries to stop our partners from engaging in undesirable patterns of behavior. And one of the most important mistakes made by my nice guys is to choose a partner who needs considerable support because it is these partners that often need help and want somebody to fix their lives for them. And nice guys are attracted to problems because we are fixers. And these relationships uh, will allow him to show up, show the world what such a good boy or a good husband that he is. But the motivation behind this is always the approval of others. And suppose that you've been, and it's supposed that if you've been in an unhealthy relationship, you're going to be challenged with being able to shed this nice guy syndrome. So in that case, I want you to know that it often stems, this will often stems from one partner always wanting to seek approval for the other, from another. So it falls into a bit of that codependency piece. So choose your partners wisely. And number 11, choosing the right sex mindset. So when it comes to sex, you will always have to change your mindset. Now, this is going to be way easier said than done, and it's one that I consistently work on. But using this following guidelines will help you to reorient back to the best approach. So use these tips here to improve your chances of becoming a much more integrated male. One, we need to get rid of the shame and fear about being sexual beings as men. Two, get rid of get our needs met, both in quantity and in quality. Get comfortable being play, pleasured and asking for it. Never avoid conflict because you're too scared to lose a sexual opportunity. And the last one is we need to get rid of the porn. You know, when I started to, started to put into practice some of these 11 strategies, things started to change in my life for the better. 
Yes, people aren't always open to hearing no from you when you start, but setting the standard for how you show up sets the bar for who you are as a man and what respects looks like. Looks like. There are still plenty of days when I fall back into them being the nice guy. So today I have, a con- I have the consciousness know to ask myself, is this really what I want from this relationship at this moment? You know, that gives me just enough time to make a better choice. And I suggest it's going to do the same thing for you. So listen, if you'd like some more help to breaking free from your nice guy syndrome, then join our group mentorship program, the Band of Brothers. We help guys reclaim their passion, purpose, identity, and connection through a safe, structured learning environment. And you're looking, and if you're looking for more one-on-one mentorship, then try the Hero's Quest. It's a 90-day program guaranteed to raise the level you show up as a father, husband, brother, and a leader. I'll leave the information or the information in the show notes today so you can get access to both of those programs and everything else that we offer here at The Awakened Man. Thank you for listening today. Live with passion, purpose, and power. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Man podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is the Awakened Man at theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.